Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? I'm Egbert, the owner of this station. Check out my website at Egbert.com. That's E-G-G-B-U-R-T, Egbert.com. Now it's back to Brad and John. Check out their website at BJShow.co. The BJ Show? Come on, guys. Anyway, here's B and J. Hey, how about that, John? Egbert gives us a plug for our show and our website. What more could you want out of life, right? That's how a hump day should start. That's right. In, in, in homage to the great Shelly Barr, it's hump day. We have to re- remind ourselves of that every Wednesday she, in honor of Shelly. She loved Wednesdays for whatever reason. And I, and Friday. Friday, right. right. Was, hey, but you and I are big about Mondays. You and I are Monday guys. A TGIM. That that came from uh, none other than Sam Walton of Walmart fame. As a matter of fact, uh, he talked about the fact that especially as he got older, and, you know, I mean, some people would think this is sad, but I can identify with it. As he got older and he had more family, he had family duties on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. And he always talked about it. he loved to get back to what he, <laughs> what he really loved. Not that he didn't love his family, but he loved his business and he loved that whole thing. You know, it, it's – do you know there's some crazy little Walmart history in the St. Louis area, uh, specifically in Washington? You know the Washington Walmart history? No, I don't know that story. That was the uh, the second generation store, which is now the J.C. Penney store in Washmo. The first one was where uh, I think where uh, um, you know you get a, you give an idea of how Walmart has changed. The first one was um, in the little center. Right off 47 across the street now from Schnucks and, and Lowe's, although there was no Schnucks and Lowe's there. But that was the first uh, first Walmart. Second Walmart was where they had the very first, they called it the Hypermart, where they had not only the, you know, what they called dry goods back in the day, but they had groceries as well, too. And Sam was a very accomplished pilot. And the reason he picked Washington was that it had a good airport that was very close to the store. So when they did that that conversion, that's when they built that store and converted into the hypermart with groceries, he would routinely fly up to Washington, Missouri, land at the airport across the street, right across the street from Crapville, where the crap transmitter is. Literally, yeah. you know, if you, you you've seen the crap transmitter site, right? I uh, only know it from Brad.com. From you, Brad.com. You've never seen it before. No, I've never been out there. Well, you need to drive by sometime. Never uh, to see it. Maybe we'll we'll make that. You know, when we do our radioactive St. Louis area sites tour, we should definitely swing. We should maybe we should meet at the Crapville transmitter well, before I, we go around and see the Coldwater Creek sites. Have you been to the Sam Walton Museum in Bentonville? I had not. I had not it's been. It's tremendous. To I know that you probably make jaunts down to Rogers, Arkansas, and Bentonville you know, on a weekly basis. For I don't. Fun. Because it's a tourist hotspot, but if you go, it's right on the town square. They have, you know, they have his his original truck parked inside the store, yeah, and you, dr- can not, you can drive a pickup truck and not touch it. Right. Yeah. And matter of fact, matter of fact, I think they changed the name of the of the of the street, but the street where the Walmart there in Washmo used to call be called Roy Drive. 
our no old Roy Drive because that was his dog. As a matter of fact, if you buy the the the, the Walmart branded dog food, they have old old Roy dog food. Did you know that? I did not know that. Oh, yeah, there you yeah. go. I, or, or maybe it's a Roy. Dr- I can't remember. It was it that was the name of the street where they put it in there. Anyway, Sam used to fly into the Washington Walmart. One of the managers would go across the river, pick him up, and drive him in, and he would take a look at what's going on with the the hypermart. And that was the very first Walmart in the country to sell. Uh, groceries. Now they're all like that. You know, I don't think there's in the St. Louis area. I think every single one of them has a grocery store. Well, uh, and now every street in Washington is named Hermanoff, right? <laughs> no, isn't no. that? Didn't most of them get? Re- didn't he buy the purchasing rights for no. everything from the riverfront? No. up to Augusta. You're talking about Hoffman. Are you talking Hoffman? About- Hermanoff, yeah. Hoffman, yeah, Hoffman, potato, yes. potato. Yeah, well, they're all rich guys, Brad. I don't really. I shouldn't be talking about this, but you know, as the mayor of Crapville, you didn't even know I was the mayor <laughs> of Crapville. As the mayor of Crapville, we're going to announce a lot of things. Matter of fact, uh, we have two hundred million dollars of investments going to be made in Crapville. Uh, a seventy-two hole golf course is going to be put in there a 1,000-room hotel, all going to Crapville. Nice, nice. And you know what? Not a dime of Biden bucks. It's all from your investments in Elon Musk corporations (laughs) and other uh, other successful ventures. God, you know what? I could talk about Elon Musk. There's all sorts of interesting stuff about the Cybertruck and the whole bit. There's... The guy is is just, to me, he's just so an an amazing person. And what's funny about it is is at one point in time, he was the darling of uh, the Democrats and the left wing because of his electric cars. Now, a lot of them hate him, which is like, okay. It, it's sort of like Donald Trump. I mean, once once upon a time, Dr- Donald Trump was was the darling of the left wing. You know, the socialites in New York City wanted to be around Donald Trump, and, and you know, he and the politicians would, would kiss his ring because he would write checks to them for their re-election campaigns and stuff like that, and he had events where he'd be at, and everybody wanted to have a picture with Donald Trump, and now the guy has done a 180 to the point where the Democrats, all they want to do is throw him in jail, right? That's all yeah. they want Yeah, do. and that leads right into our top three today, Brad. And let's go right with that. John Combest, he uh, has this website he's done for over 22 years, johncombest.com, C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John is common spelling, johncombest.com, and every single day he peruses, is peruses a good word? Peruses he, the perfect word. He scans, peruses all the websites, all the media sites, all the newspapers, everything in the entire state of Missouri, and comes up with all this information, and we synopsize it into the top three and here is number three a redemption story isn't it great to start hump day with a redemption story <laughs> I don't know. secretary of state jay ashcroft who had a somewhere between calamitous and disastrous appearance on cnn monday yesterday appeared on fox news and redeemed himself in the eyes of missouri conservatives republicans and maybe even people in the middle he had a flawless I would describe it, appearance on on the friendly confines of Fox News. He talked about two issues. He he went back to the issue of the possibility of Republican states keeping Joe Biden off the 2024 presidential ballot. And then the host also very kindly asked him about the swatting incident that Jay and his family experienced on Sunday night. So Jay got a chance to recap that incident, give praise to the Jefferson City uh, Police Department, and really talk about it without coming off as too much of a victim. So it was a nice redemption story. You will note that if I'm an Ashcroft consultant, 
I'm spending a lot of time promoting the Fox News appearance to drown out any noise about the CNN appearance and, from the and, previous And day. let's let's mention the fact that you, you sort of refer to that, but if somebody didn't hear the show yesterday, sure. uh, uh, essentially someone called the 911 number in Jefferson City on Sunday evening and said there was some kind of a hostage situation or something that like that. That there was a shooting. A yeah, shooting. there was an active shooter at, at right. Ashcroft's residence. Going on yeah. at John Ashcroft's house. So guess what? Jay the, Ashcroft. Yeah, J, excuse me. Jay, Jay Ashcroft's house. Ashcroft's house. So the police department, you know, convenes, uh, converges on uh, the Ashcroft uh, home in force with guns <laughs> and and essentially yep. wasn't the story that he actually came out they had to walk out backwards at his house with his, hands in the air. with his hands up right. yeah <laughs> i mean it now, was, yeah, wait a minute brad has enough time passed since that happened that i can make a crack about the swatting yeah go ahead okay here's here's one piece of the story that has not been fact-checked jay says that he was about to exercise and Jay says he was about to get on his treadmill. Now, has anybody fact-checked the idea that Jay Ashcroft exercises? You don't think he does? Well, I think, you know what, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because the day that this happened, this would have been, what, January 6th? Yeah, so well, he, it was he hasn't Sunday. quit whatever res- – if he made a resolution that he was going to exercise. No, it was the 7th. 7th. Okay. Sunday was 7th. Well, still, he, he's only a weekend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So there's a chance that he might have actually been going down to a treadmill. So you're telling me that he's going to use use the excuse of the he got swatted by not doing his his treadmill on a daily basis? That's what you're going to tell me? No, no. What I'm saying is that <laughs> saying hearing Jay Ashcroft say that he was about to go do a rigorous workout at 9:15 p.m. would be like Cory Bush something something happening in Cory Bush's life and her saying, you know, it was 9.15 and I was just going to settle in with my pocket copy of the Constitution and, and reflect on how the founders uh, imagined our republic. It's like, okay, let's, you know what, we're going to take it at face, face value and Jay's still in that grace period. And you know what, if Jay says he, that, he, that he exercises, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Uh, well, well, Story number two. Let's go into the 3rd Congressional District. And Politico, which is an insider publication in Washington, D.C., they do an inside Congress newsletter, mentioned Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman and the fact that in the first 48 hours since announcing that she was running, she raised over $100,000. Now, is that a lot of money? I mean, It's a lot of money. Okay. It's a lot of money. And... The other thing about this is if you fill in that blank with any other name, you put aside Mary Elizabeth's qualifications for this. If you fill that in with any other name, Bob Onder, Nick Schroer, Travis Fitzwater, anybody, and they come out and they say in the first 48 hours since – or 72 hours, let's say, since Blaine announced that he was retiring, 100 grand's a lot of money and instead, oh, the first mover advantage. So now if you are – and we'll – I'm going to tease the number one story, which we'll get to in a moment. If you're, say, a candidate from mid-Missouri and you're thinking about jump, jumping in to steal a phrase that Scott Fawn used yesterday, there's, there's not a lot of grass growing underneath your feet here. Like you, you, the election is in August, so you really got to get moving. So the fact that, the fact that Mary Elizabeth has raised $100,000 immediately, and imagine that's, that's her first 
two days of making phone calls to folks but, engaging but, support. But couldn't somebody like Bob Onder do that like in a day? I mean, couldn't Bob Onder say, I Well, need... and he could self-fund, for sure. Absolutely. Well, no, no, Absolutely. I'm not talking about self-funding. I mean, the guy's very well-connected. You know, there are a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. And as, Absolutely. And especially in St. Charles County. I mean, he's been around St. Charles County for a long time, uh, although he moved down to Hoffmanville, but he's still, you know, very much part of St. Charles County. I think he lived in Lake St. Louis for a long time. I mean, to me, I, I think he could snap his fingers and have $100,000 in his account, don't you think? There's there's no doubt that Bob Onder could raise a ton of money. And remember, he had – so he had a birthday party on Saturday, which was a campaign event. Right. And – at the event that you went to the previous day on Friday, he right. was asked about it and said, hey, I'm here to talk about the Freedom Caucus. I'm not here to talk about can, any future plans. Can, can I tell you something? Sure. He, he gave I, – I went to this thing, the the, the the kickoff of the Missouri Freedom Caucus um, on Friday where I made, met Jason Rosenbaum. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. And it's funny because we exchange phone numbers now. Him and I are – some. I'm not saying he's like my best bud, but we're texting back and forth. He sent me a couple interesting stories. Anyway, he's great. Um, Bob Onder gave one of the most inspirational – Little, little, you know, stump speeches, like two or three minutes. I'm going like, damn. Without a doubt. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, this guy, I mean, you know, quite honestly, and I know I'll get in trouble for saying this, but I'm thinking to myself, imagine if this guy was our president. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is a very inspirational speaker. Absolutely. And, and what, what a lot of folks forget is because they think of him as being one of 34 members of the Missouri Senate. He ran for Congress in, oh, two, yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah. 2008, and he came in second to Blaine Lukemeyer in that primary. Right, right. So he's been around He's been around the big boy club for, for quite a while. He's not just some local yokel like a Nick Schroer. Did I say that? <laughs> you did. You did. And let's go into, let's go into the number one story. Congressman, retiring Congressman Blaine Lutkemeyer appeared on Scott Vaughn's This Week in Missouri Politics midweek update yesterday. That is the top link today on johncombest.com. And Lutkemeyer talked a little bit about what it was like dealing with the Freedom Caucus of Matt Gates and some of the other unique characters in the House. Had some really interesting things to say. And I think t- two of the most interesting things he had to say was, number one, he was asked, who he would support if he was going to come out and support anybody. And his quote was that he's not going to, uh, he's not going to come out and support anybody now. I'm giving you, uh, I'm looking for the quote on my website right now. He says, quote, I'm going to stay out of this race, which is, which is remarkable. Now, the really interesting thing, Brad, is that Scott on the show was also joined at the same time by a guy named Jonathan Ratliff, who is partners with, with your old buddy Scott Dickhouse. Uh, it, Jonathan is a, a top Republican consultant, a, a super brain. He knows these districts like no one else. At the end of the interview, once Blaine was already off camera, Jonathan Ratliff did a little bit of clarifying and was like, well, Blaine says right now that he's not going to endorse anybody, but I think Blaine probably wants somebody from mid-Missouri to take over his congressional seat. So I would be shocked if Blaine – I'm with Ratliff here. I'd be shocked if Blaine didn't actually endorse somebody. The other really interesting thing that Blaine said was how much do you think it's going to take, Brad, for a Republican candidate to win a primary? So Mary Elizabeth has already raised hundred grand. How much do you think it's going to take? You take for U.S. Uh, US Congress? Or US yeah, to, House to of win reps? that primary. I don't know. $10 million? Blaine said three to $5 million, which I thought was substantial. Now, compared to your $10 million guess, it's nothing. But I thought it was unique that Blaine said it's going to take between 3 and $5 million. Like, 
That's that. That's a whole lot of money. But well, you know, it, it could get super competitive. I think the takeaway from this, and the other really interesting thing, and you've alluded to this before, Brad, is that Scott asked Blaine about groups making endorsements and primaries, and Blaine said that nobody comes to him and says, "Hey, I saw that NFIB, you know, National Federation of Independent Businesses, or Missouri Farm Bureau, or Chamber of Commerce." Blaine really downplayed the value of these endorsements. And it's super interesting to hear a Missouri politician downplay the importance of these endorsements. Can, can I ask you? Um, can you, I know, ask you? You, could, you could also say that because Blaine is leaving, he doesn't care what people really think anymore. But it's it's surprising. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. Have you ever voted for anybody because someone else endorsed them? No. Uh, same with me. Well, it, I, I can't. I can't think of an. I can't think of an instance where I voted for somebody because they got the endorsement of Group X. But also, Brad, I think you and I are, are, are also highly informed voters. Let's pat ourselves on the back. And I think that you and I both consider ourselves to be very independent. I voted for plenty of Democrats in my life. Well, and I'm I, you comfortable know, enough I, to admit I, it. But I wouldn't look at it and be like, well, you know, Alphabet Group X supported this candidate. Therefore, I will too. I had someone email or text me the other day and says, sent me an interesting article. And they said, well, you're a liberal. I go, no, I'm not a liberal. I'm a libertarian. <laughs> you know, and, and the interesting thing about it is, is – Let's let's take the word liberal and look that up in the dictionary. Essentially, right. a right. liberal is someone that's like, hey, everything's good. Knock yourself out. Where yeah. when in reality, the liberals are the ones saying, you can't do this. You can't say that. You can't misgender somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, I mean, it's, it's been a real like, flip in that regard. It's Here's like, where I think endorsements matter. I'm a huge advocate of acknowledging our own confirmation bias. So if I think that Brad Hildebrand is the best radio guy in Missouri. I'm going to look for proof points in my mind of why I'm right. And I'm going to discount anybody who is who who offers me a contrarian view. Gotcha. We all make decisions based on our emotions and our gut and our feelings and then we find facts to backward rationalize them. You and I are exact opposites. I'm I'm the 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 lifelong underdog uh if if you say who the number one radio guy in the state of Missouri is, I would be looking for the guy who's working at a little station in Poplar Bluff, who nobody knows about, who I think is extremely talented. That's, well, that's a contrarian view. I don't think I don't think we're I don't think we disagree on that, Brad. I I look at a dominant narrative and I say, okay, clearly somebody wants me to believe the mainstream view here, but I'm going to look for for the contrarian view. And the mainstream view right now is that Don Donald Trump should be thrown in jail, right? Isn't that what the yeah. mainstream view the is? The mainstream view is that we got to go to break. <laughs>